You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. We'll talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend in BYU sports. Our practice insiders have weighed in after BYU's first scrimmage. We'll share what we know coming out of those scrimmages. We'll also talk about what else happened in women's soccer over the weekend. A nice showing for the women as they took on Weber State in their lone exhibition match ahead of the season opening this week. And, of course, we will continue our look back in BYU football history. 2008, yes, the quest for perfection is here. We'll talk about that ahead on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Fantasy Live right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live this Wednesday night, August 18th, 9 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain Time on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy Fantasy experts will be there to answer your questions live, and you can submit them ahead of time by going to Locked On Network on Twitter. So check that out, guys. All right, without further ado, though, let's dive in on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 16th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning on that radio station. But more importantly, I am here with you guys every day talking BYU sports. First off on today's show, an apology that this is coming out so late in the day. I came down with a nasty bit of food poisoning yesterday afternoon, and I got to tell you folks, it has not been a fun 24 or so hours. So my apologies on not getting this to you guys until later on Monday, but hopefully you guys can understand the predicament I was in. Obviously, food poisoning, nothing fun to deal with, but feeling better. Uh, that's the good news. So wanted to sit down and knock out this podcast. We'll have a regular edition of our Tuesday show for you guys. It'll go up live overnight. So if you're listening to this, maybe you get two for one on a Tuesday, but nonetheless, huge thank you for your guys' support of the podcast. As always, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. And also make sure to leave us a rating and review, especially those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. They are absolutely critical to our continued success here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, so make sure you do that if you don't mind straight up front. All right, looking back at the weekend that was in BYU sports, obviously BYU had their first scrimmage of the fall out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and a lot of people are probably wondering, well, what happened during that scrimmage, Jake? What have you heard? And I finally got a chance to catch up with some of our practice insiders after the scrimmage wrapped up, and the word I got out of it was similar to what Ed Lamb said during his media session on Saturday after a BYU scrimmage. And he said that the defensive players, they probably have to be feeling good about themselves coming out of the scrimmage, considering they held the offense, by and large, out of the end zone. BYU did score, according to what I heard, three different touchdowns. Two of them were on the ground. One of them came on a trick play. But other than that, the defense stymied the offense, and that's actually somewhat encouraging if you want to take it that way. The BYU's defense, that rebuilt defensive front on the defensive line, 
held their own against a pretty vaunted BYU offense. The other word I got out of the scrimmage was all three quarterbacks are still very much in the mix, but it appears to be coming quickly a two-horse race. And what I mean by that is it sounds like Jaron Hall and Jacob Conover have separated themselves just a little bit from Baylor Romney. I was told that Baylor's not out of the race. That's very clear at this point because he's still getting plenty of reps, and it sounds like they're still very much splitting reps evenly. But based on the performance from Saturday, according to two different people I talked to, the thought is that Jaron Hall, as well as Jacob Conover, have created a little bit of a gap between themselves and Baylor Romney. So, what does that mean? Well, you have a redshirt sophomore in Jaron Hall, who I have thought all along was going to be the guy who went up there against uh, Arizona on day one, or game one, down there in Las Vegas, and coming very quickly. It's crazy to think, folks, but we're coming up on it very, very fast. But in addition to that, you also have a true freshman, and I know he played last year. He was on the roster last year, but COVID makes him a true freshman once again this year, and Jacob Conover, who has got all of the ability in the world, folks. This was a kid who had legitimate Power 5 offers from all over the country, the likes of which include Alabama. It's not smoke, folks. That's not us making things up. Alabama and Nick Saban were absolutely in on Jacob Conover. This is a kid who has a whole lot of moxie. He's got a lot of attitude, and it's a good attitude. Think of it this way. A guy like Zach Wilson can be a little bit off-putting, I think, to certain fan bases, considering his uh, persona, the way he kind of goes about his business. Jacob Conover's kind of got a similar deal. It's very much this self-belief. They know that they are an elite athlete, and they are going to go out there and prove it. It's not a bad thing to have, folks. You want an alpha at that position. And I'm not saying that Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney are wallflowers by comparison. They are very much headstrong individuals in their own right. You have to be to play quarterback at the level that they are expected to play at in Provo. But coming out of that scrimmage, based on the conversations I had, it sounds like it's still Jaron Hall and Jacob Conover, probably 1A for Hall, 1B for Conover. And then number two in the race, or number three in this case, if it's a tie between the other two, It's Baylor Romney, but don't count Baylor Romney out of this yet. As one person reminded me of the, after this scrimmage was that at this point in fall camp a year ago, there was some thought that Jaron Hall was very much in the mix with Zach Wilson. I'd probably have my druthers in saying that, but that's somebody that who's fed me good information who said at this point in fall camp, it was still very much a two man race between Hall as well as, uh, as well as Zach Wilson a year ago. Of course, Jaron Hall then got injured and was out for the majority of the season. Actually, no, he was out for all of it. Apologies. He was out for all of it. Never uh, played in a game with Baylor Romney as the chief backup to Zach Wilson. So, Things can happen, folks, very much. Can happen very quickly, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Other things coming out of the scrimmage, I was told that Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa are far and away the best two running backs. Algier still very much kind of that workhorse running back that you expect him to be after that 1,000-yard season. The nice part is Lopini Katoa has been a nice complement to his running style with his ability to contribute in multiple facets of the game. So both of them had good days on Saturday. And a name that uh, was coming out of the scrimmage that I had heard about and was also told to keep an eye on was Miles Davis and Aaron Roderick in the post uh, post scrimmage media sessions and by the way I should apologize normally I'd have all this audio cut for you guys but as I said I was kind of down and out and I'm just kind of going off of what I've got before I maybe have other issues but nonetheless uh, 
the the good news is both of those running backs very good, and then Miles Davis, kind of the number three guy. That doesn't mean guys like Kinkley Ropati didn't show well. A guy like Sione Finau could still be in the mix at some point once he gets back onto the field, hopefully. But very much Miles Davis making a strong impression coming out of that scrimmage. They will scrimmage again this coming Saturday, speaking of the BYU football program. So expect more news to filter out throughout the coming weeks and days, but we will have that covered for you guys. Oh, one other note I wanted to pass along to you guys uh, coming from a conversation I had was on the, on the defensive side of the football, the BYU defensive line, and I kind of alluded to this probably early on in today's show, that defensive line for all of the rebuild they had to do, kind of put new guys in new roles, expecting guys like Atunai Samahe to come in and really be uh, back to what they were two years ago after missing 2020. Well, by and large, the defensive line held their own, from what I hear on Saturday. And it's evidenced by the fact that BYU was only able to score three touchdowns in the scrimmage. Obviously going to lead to consternation uh, for the BYU offensive staff. And I'm sure at this point on a Monday, they have very much reviewed the film, have already practiced, etc. So these players are well aware of where they need to improve on offense. But the defense, they should take some confidence from this. It should lead BYU fans to be, I think, what I would say, cautiously optimistic that this rebuilt BYU defensive front actually might be able to hold their own. Only time will tell, obviously. They'll have uh, three Power 5 opponents to open the season to prove what they're capable of, but it sounds like at least through one scrimmage, they did some good things. They're obviously a building block to build on for that unit. So there you go. Kind of what I've been hearing coming out of that scrimmage. And like I said, uh, we'll continue to bring you anything else that we hear. Our practice insiders will continue to feed information as it goes along, but Sounds like it's a two-man race at quarterback for the time being, but like I said, a lot can change in a day or a week's time, and we'll have more for you guys as more scrimmages and more practices play out here in the coming days. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we look back in BYU football history, looking at 2008 for the BYU football program. How did things go in the quote-unquote quest for perfection? Well, some of you probably already know, but we'll dive into it all the same coming up in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sweatblock. It is an anti-person sprint that is meant for everybody, but especially those who have issues with extra perspiration. I can raise my hand right now and tell you folks, this is something I wish I would have had when I was a teenager. And even right now, it's something I'm looking forward to trying out. What it is, is it's doctor created, doctor recommended, and it works for up to seven days per use. This is a clinical strength, folks. This is the best of the best when it comes to antiperspirant. It's got a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you actually will get your money back. That is something that sweat block is promising, you guys. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show with firefighters walking in to burning buildings and showing how well it works. It's also a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. It's got over 13,000 Amazon reviews. So you know that thousands of people have given this a shot. And the best part, it's manufactured right here in the USA. What they want you guys to know is this gives you the confidence to wear what you want to wear. Many of you probably can remember times where you've had like a big first date or a key presentation for work and you've pitted out, you sweated through your shirt. It's not fun. We've all been there and we all know the embarrassment and just the overall unease that it brings to you. That's what Sweatblock is here to do for you guys. So give that a shot and you guys can find out if it works for you. If someone you love is dealing with these type of issues or you are dealing with these type of issues, you need to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. You heard that right. 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code locked on or check them out online at Amazon and they're also on the shelves at CVS. That's Sweatblock, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougar. 
Rangers. All right, my friends, today's show is brought to you in part by First Colony Mortgage. BYU fans are very familiar with a certain championship team out of Provo from 1984, but there was another championship team that got its start in Utah County that very same year, and that is First Colony Mortgage. First Colony Mortgage is your full-service mortgage lender. That means from beginning to end, everything is taken care of by the First Colony team. Zach Hicken is our loan officer with First Colony Mortgage for the Locked On Cougars podcast. Any financing you need for your home, Zach is there to take care of you guys. Whether you're looking to get into a new home, capitalize on your home's equity with a cash out refinance, or you just want to take advantage of low rates, Zach will be there to walk you through every step of the loan process. You can contact Zach directly at 801-380-0752 or at hickenhomeloans.com. How do you spell Hicken? Great question. H-I-C-K-E-N, hickenhomeloans.com. Once again, Zach's phone number, 801-380-0752. Trust Zach. He's a dear friend. He wants to help you guys out. Of course, you can check him out once again at hickenhomeloans.com. That's Zach Hicken, NMLS 205-2216. First Colony Mortgage, NMLS 3112. First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender. And of course, First Colony Mortgage is a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, folks, our look back at BYU football history continues today with the 2008 season. Yes, the year that the famous shirts, the quest for perfection, became a thing. And let's be honest about this. The quest for perfection, Bronco Mendenhall tried to change the message of what it meant for BYU. I felt like midway through the year, well, it's just a quest for for personal, like we, we want to be the best human beings we can be. Okay, Bronco, but we all know that you guys were the quote-unquote BCS darlings going into the season. BYU started the year, if you guys will recall in 2008, ranked number 16 in the country. I remember this is the first season back from my mission. I had gotten back in May of 2008, so I had the entire summer to read up, catch up, and really just get excited for the upcoming season. And when you had guys like Max Hall, you had Dennis Pitta, you think of all the players that were on BYU squad in 2008, there was very good reason for BYU you fans to think, okay, this is the year. We're going to break through. We had the University of Utah breakthrough in 2004. TCU had broken through in their own right into the BCS. Well, BYU was thought of in 2008. They were the odds-on favorite to go out and do it. Many of you will recall that it did not play out that way, and we'll talk about it as we continue here. But BYU started the season in fine fashion. They beat Northern Iowa 41-17. to Then they had a big road game at Washington up there on September 6, 2008. They were ranked number 15 heading into Seattle. And many of you will recall this game, they won it 28-27. to This is the Jake Locker game. Jake Locker scored a touchdown to make it 28-27 in favor of BYU. But then he tossed the ball in the air to celebrate that touchdown. Touchdown, and under the new rules of emphasis that were put into place by the NCAA that year, that was an automatic 15-yard penalty. Obviously, that would go into effect on the PAT, the point-after attempt. Jan Jorgensen broke through the line, blocked that PAT or deflected it where it was no good, and BYU escapes with the 28-27 victory. Absolutely wild game, but the funny thing about this is I can think back to watching that game against Washington and being like, man, that was close, but we've we've gotten it out of our system now. This team is ready to go. They're going to roll through the rest of the schedule. We're going to the BCS. We're going to play in a big bowl game this year. I, I, I remember that distinct thought, and that was 
pretty well founded, I felt like, because the following week, BYU had fallen back to number 18 in the rankings, but UCLA came to town with Norm Chow as their offensive coordinator, and one of the most thorough demolishings I remember ever watching with my own eyes was that day. It was very hot, September 13th, uh, 2008, and BYU put up a 59 to nothing beatdown of the UCLA Bruins. I was in the stands that day. It was my first year as a member of the BYU student section at that point. It was not yet known as The Rock, which... I still argue is not a very good name, but that's just me. Uh, But the UCLA Bruins came into town, and Max Hall so thoroughly dominated UCLA, he was taken out midway through the third quarter. That was as thorough a beatdown as I have ever seen in my entire life. Well, the following week, BYU decided, you know what, we'll just keep this going because Wyoming came to town and got thoroughly dominated 44 to nothing. So for those of you keeping track at home, through two games, BYU outscored their opponents 103 to 0. Yes, you heard that right. So they're 4-0. They jump into the top 10 at that point, going to Utah State the following week. This game was on BYU TV uh, as the Cougars beat Utah State 34-14. Oh, excuse me. Let me back up on one thing here. BYU played on the mountain against Wyoming on September 20th. The mountain had come into an existence that summer, speaking of 2008, and many of you recall the struggles that the mountain would end up having down the road, but 2008 was the first year that we had the mountain in effect, and Obviously, trying to find that on your cable provider was an adventure. Let's just put it that way. But BYU beats Utah State and then meets New Mexico the following week on the mountain once again as the number nine team in the country, 21-3. to So, going into a massive game on a Thursday night against TCU, BYU was ranked number nine. They were 6-0, and and there was nothing coming out of those games, I felt like, that indicated BYU was having issues. Some of you may disagree. Like I, like I said, I thought that that Washington game, BYU had kind of just skated by and was feeling pretty good about themselves. And Washington, by the way, would go on to have an 0-12 season. We'll leave that part of it out of it. But they go into this game at TCU, and I got to tell you what, the Horn Frog they were ready. Jerry Hughes made Donald Oswald, David Oswald, not Donald Oswald, David Oswald just look like a whirling dervish all night long. Jerry Hughes off the edge, absolutely making life miserable for Max Hall. Multiple sacks. I believe there were a couple fumbles in there. And BYU comes home with their tails between their legs, their dreams seemingly dashed as they lose 32 to 7. What a frustrating night in Fort Worth for BYU. So they fall to 6-1. and one. After being number 9, they drop to number 18 in the rankings, hosting UNLV the following week. They win that game 42-35. to 35. Then also have a struggle at Colorado State 45-42. to 42. And I will chalk that up to them obviously having a little bit of a hangover effect from the loss to TCU. They then beat San Diego State 41-12 to 12, and then finish off uh, their games outside of Utah at Air Force 38 to 24. And then they have a huge game as the number 16 team in the country. They are headed to Utah, who at this point is also undefeated on the season, by the way. Many of you will recall that. The Utes ranked number eight as BYU's ranked number 16, going to face off against the Utes on November 22nd, 2008. And Utah, well, the quest for perfection apparently was 40 miles north as they absolutely trounce BYU 48 to 24 dropping BYU's record to 10-2 and on the year. And BYU fans, I remember many of you walking out of Rice-Eccles Stadium. I was in attendance at this game up there at RES. 
and it was a miserable feeling for BYU fans because remember going into the season you were the quote-unquote BCS darling and then you see your most hated rival up on the heel well they just so happened to actually complete the perfect season we all know they would go on to play in the Sugar Bowl that year beating Alabama and completing that perfect season Kyle Whittingham uh, really getting things going and BYU as a result of Utah getting that invite to the BCS for the second time in four seasons, BYU was picked for the fourth straight year to go to the Las Vegas Bowl where they'd face off against the Arizona Wildcats. BYU entering the game was number 17 in the national polls. And just disappointment, there's no doubt about it, losing 31-21 to to the Wildcats. Capping off an ultimately disappointing season for BYU fans because you think about it. Going into that season, you're sitting there thinking, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to run the table. We're going to play in the BCS. We're on the same level as TCU. We've been competing with Utah for years now. We are that good. And then you go out and lay an egg against TCU. You lose an egg, you lay an egg against Utah. And then your bowl game, just an ultimate dis- disappointment. Losing, to Las Ve- losing in Las Vegas to Arizona. Just not a great year. And the Wildcats, by the way, for their record, were fifth in the Pac-10 with a 7-5 and five record. So it was just not a, not a good season. There's no doubt about that. And ultimate disappointment, as I mentioned, Bronco Mendenhall at one point uh, obviously said that the Quest for Perfection shirts are more about a personal quest for perfection. You can spin it any which way you wanted to, Bronco. Every BYU fan out there knew exactly what what those meant going into the season. And I can't blame Utah fans in their own right for creating, the, what, what did they call them? They, was it Quest Perfected? I think they did. They just did a red version that kind of played off of BYU shirts. But nonetheless, ultimately a disappointing season. And then we will look at 2009 on tomorrow's podcast, how BYU tried to bounce back from this. But man, what a year. I remember, like I said, it was the first year back off my mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I was all sorts of hyped going into that game. I Like I mentioned, I thought the Washington game was BYU got it out of their system. They got it out of their system early. But TCU and Utah, well, they sprung a trap and they got BYU, no, about, no doubt about it. And to finish 10-3 and three ultimately on a year that you were expected to run the table, it's a disappointment, but it still was a 10-win season all the same. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up today's show. Some thoughts on the preseason AP poll that was announced earlier this morning, as well as a recap of what happened in BYU sports over the weekend. Women's soccer in action. We'll get to all of that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar. You guys have heard me talk about this, but if you guys want to support BYU student-athletes, support Built Bar. Hey, I'm serious about this. Many of you probably saw it over the weekend. The name, image, and likeness deal signed with BYU by the Built brand of companies. Well, the way that you can indirectly affect BYU athletics is to buy Built Bars because these Built Bars, the profits from them, profits from the companies that the Built brands run are going to help out student-athletes at BYU. All of them will be receiving money, but more importantly, the walk-on program at BYU is what will be getting the vast majority of the funds donated by the Built brands. What it is, is each of these student-athletes is going to receive the equivalent sum of their tuition for an entire year. That's upwards, if you go for the entire year, both terms during the summer, that's $9,000. Think about that. Absolutely incredible what the Built Brands company is doing here. So Built Bars, they're amazingly healthy for you guys. They're incredibly delicious. But more importantly, you're helping out BYU student athletes by being a part of the Built brand of companies. They have nine distinct flavors in their, what they call their base flavor package. They also have limited time flavors that come out every so often. 
I had a chance over the weekend to try the Rocky Road flavor for the first time. It was absolutely incredible. Probably cheating in some more of those instead of what I ate that gave me food poisoning. But nonetheless, check them out, guys. Built Bar. While you're there at Built.com to check out Built Bar, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. You heard that right. 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. So support Built Bar, support the Built Brands Company, and also support BYU student-athletes. And do it all with Built Bar. One final time out on today's show, though, my friends, to talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Of course, baseball season still very much in full swing, but you're coming towards the tail end of that season. Football's kicking up here in just a matter of days. No matter what your interest might be, cricket, soccer, NBA hoops, they've got it all for you guys at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game and have some fun betting on your favorite team teams, your favorite sports, and do it with our friends at betonline.ag. Sign up for your free account now at betonline.ag, but also while you're there, take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus they're offering to all of our listeners. You heard that right, a 50% welcome bonus. All you've got to do is go to betonline.ag, and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. It's free money to play with. It's all courtesy of BetOnline, as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, of course, the AP preseason top 25 poll was released this morning, and BYU is among others receiving votes. And later in the day, I saw this come across, that Tom Murphy, who is a writer down in Arkansas, had BYU ranked 20th in his preseason poll. Well, his 20th placement for BYU gives them all six votes they received in the preseason poll. No other writers have BYU in their top 25, so it's gives an opportunity for the Cougars to go out and surprise some folks once again this season. I'll put it this way. If BYU were to start the season 3-0, and you beat Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State in successive weeks, I'm going to pretty much bet, and I'd go to betonline.ag and actually put some money on this, that BYU will be in the top 25 at that point. Obviously, the Cougars got to go out and prove they can get it done. But even if they're 2-1, and one, let's say you beat uh, Arizona, Utah, lose to Arizona State, or you beat Arizona, you lose to Utah, you beat Arizona State, you're still probably going to be getting some interest in terms of the national polls. But nonetheless, apparently only one writer, and Tom Murphy is our hero here on Locked On Cougars for the time being, has the guts to put BYU in the top 25. Utah is ranked in the top 25 as number 24. Arizona State also at number 25 in the preseason poll. USC who BYU will face at the end of the regular season also in the AP Top 25 but you got two opponents that you'll be facing in the first three weeks of the season already in the national polls so make of that what you will but BYU is getting I guess some interest do we count it that way considering it's only one rider but nonetheless Tom Murphy he is the hero right here on Locked On Cougars this week. The other note to take away from today is BYU Women's Soccer. Their season kicks off this Thursday, but they had their exhibition match as they hosted Weber State at Southfield over the weekend. 1,938 fans were at Southfield as the number 15 ranked women's soccer team beat Weber State 5-0 on Saturday night. The Cougars actually scored just 41 seconds into the game with Olivia Wade 
scoring on BYU's first shot. They scored at the three-minute mark with Cameron Tucker making it 2-0. In the second half, Bella Felino scored twice early to give her a brace, and Ashton Johnson added another tally late, giving them the 5-0 victory. They will start its non-conference, as I mentioned, non-conference slate, excuse me, as I mentioned this week against Ohio State at Southfield. They have not taken on the Buckeyes since 2017, and they have a pretty stout non-conference schedule, folks. They're going to take on Auburn, USC, Arkansas, Marquette, Utah, Missouri, Idaho State, and Utah State in their non-conference matches this year. Nobody can say that BYU is ducking every, anybody in women's soccer. They're playing some of the best teams out there, and best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood and her squad as they get ready for their regular season coming up this week. And by the way, it's fun to talk about sports happening in the fall because they just completed their quote-unquote 2020 fall season in the spring due to COVID-19. How good does it feel to be talking about women's soccer getting back onto the field at Southfield this week for regular season action? I, for one, am a big fan. All right, that is going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Once again, apologies for the delay on getting it out, but I am feeling better. Hopefully my voice sounded all right throughout all of this. While the regular edition, our Tuesday edition, will be going up overnight, be more of a regular schedule moving forward. But apologies once again for the the health issue that precluded me from getting this out to you guys in a timely manner. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Also, feel free to weigh in with your thoughts on anything with regards to the show via email. That's LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. All right, that'll do it. Have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 16th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.